1: Great to be back with you, folks. What an honor it is to come across your broadcast and to come into your homes, your cars, your workouts, wherever you may be. We're just thrilled to do this. And uh, with me, as always, my friend Kevin, he's out there in San Diegoville. It just keeps on raining. You know, I think he went out to the uh, southwest thinking there's going to be some dry times. It's going to be great. But uh, maybe he's just bringing that rain out there to Southern California. I think Newsom should maybe make a deal with you, brother. I don't know. How are you doing this morning? (laughs)
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm dry. Praise God. I'm in an RV that's very large, warm and dry, but outside it is the opposite. There's a flood watch going on. Been raining for days, brother.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think you brought the rain with you. That's why I was saying maybe governor Newsom could say, Hey Kevin, you know, well, we'll throw you a couple grand to head down the road, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> we'll give you a state police escort to bring you over the Nevada line. And, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, he could allocate some, some funds that he's wasting, you know, vi- vivaciously.
1: Oh, yeah, in quite a way, in quite a way. So, folks, we've been, as you know, we've been going through narcissism and going through different places and looking at different things. And over the last few broadcasts, we talked about rewriting history. We talked about the homewrecker and kind of got stuck there. Uh, for a couple broadcasts, and I'm thankful for that. So we're able to talk about these people. They they come in unaware. They sneak into a family. They uh, they hurt us. Maybe they're in the family, and and we just talked about. Well, we can't let this happen. We can't let this. These people come in and take this fruit we've been working on as a family our whole lives, and all this seed that's been planted from God's word from. Uh, from the hearts of uh, preachers and people in our life. And and then you get these knuckleheads who come in, Kevin, and, and they just throw the tears out there. And they yeah. just keep throwing them and say, hey, this this is good fruit. This is good fruit. And then all of a sudden after, you know, a month or a year or sometimes even a couple of days, you look and you say, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that, that's not the fruit we work with. I mean, so I, I guess yesterday, Kevin, just in summary, We want people to know, listen, when it looks different, it's different. Things that are different are not the same. Uh, Fruit from God is exactly that. It's filled with the Holy Spirit. It's clean. It's logical. It's uh, the Holy Spirit indwelling within your heart kind of clicks that switch and says, this is good. But there's another side to that, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the other side is uh, who we're trying to help people to stay safe from and, um, trying to just to help recover from, you know, sometimes like you said, it's years of, of abuse of, of a narcissist. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I think when we talk about this thing of abuse, I think one of the most, um, deceptive things is that these, these are people who will, um, convince others that they love them. You know, it may be a politician saying, I love America, or I love our city. I love, I promise, you know, my fellow, my fellow Americans, my fellow citizens, I, I, you know, I love, but, but really, and it might be a a guy saying, hey, baby, I love you, you know, Um, and, and he, he, he is convincing. On the other hand, though, there's this, like you said, the reality the the play out is, is that they're abusive. So how can this be? So I got thinking about that while you're talking there that, um, you know, isn't it true, Doug, that there are people that, yeah, they say, I love you, but what they mean is I love what I can get off you. I love to manipulate you. Yeah. I I love you. I love being around you because I get this sense of power.
1: Step on love bombing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and how easily that rolls into abuse, because um, if yeah. you want a sense of power, you're going to, you know, number one, it's, it, you know, sa- sadistic people are, are sadistic because of power. You know, the, the average rapist is not concerned with sex. He's concerned with power. And and that power is, if I can uh, subjugate you, conquer you, then, then I feel in control. And we don't even need to go into why they feel like they're out of control or why they feel like they need control. The, the reality is we're you know, we want to help people who are in, in subjugation to someone else's narcissistic dream uh, of, of a of false of a false control. And, <clears throat> you know, I was reading in Proverbs 26, 28, a lying tongue. Hateth those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth worketh rule. So, you know, if, I, if I've if i got someone that I've sold a line to, uh, you know, and they've bought into it, then that doesn't cause me to love them more. That causes me to, to you know, whether I just... I have no respect for them because they fell for my lie. You know, if I'm in a dream world and I brought someone else into it, it's not that I'm saying, oh, wonderful. We're both going to live happily in this dream world. No, according to scripture, if they're a narcissist, you know, if it's full blown. In other words, if this is like a crystallized uh, mindset where they really believe that power equates to conquering and subjugation, you know, and then it's okay to hurt people because I hate, I, I hate you anyway. You, you just, it's kind of like, uh, who was it? Amnon in the Bible raped his half sister. And it says afterwards he hated her, uh, um, that more than with the love that he had for her when he felt like he couldn't live without her. And you know, that just, that's just a classic example of somebody who, yeah. It wants to use people. And unfortunately use is a pre prelude to abuse.
1: Yeah. So, so folks, we know we're dealing with people with a narcissistic personality disorder. So going back to this a few weeks ago, when we started, we know that, you know, this is a mental condition. Uh, you know, people have this inflated sense of importance. You know, they have a deep need for attention. They have to be the people. They have to be at top. They have to be the uh, patriarch. They have to be the matriarch. They have to be in charge of everything. They have to be the person that you go to. They have to be the go-to people. So today, as Kevin alluded to a little bit, I said I wanted to talk about the abuser, the narcissist. Those people get abused. One of of the ladies that dearly listens to this show, a dear lady, uh, just a great lady, wrote in and said, you know, what do we do when we've been physically abused by a narcissist? And I'm so glad that came in. And I, I'd say right off the bat, number one, Romans 13, number one, before anything else happens, uh, you got to take care of yourself. You, you've been victimized. You've been hurt. If you get physically abused and they're gone, and one minute later, you dial 911. If it's 10 years ago, you still dial 911. You go over to the police station. Uh, this person may be abusing someone else. Uh, Just turn it in. Just be part of that. You just remember over and you know when we're talking about Romans thirteen that you know Paul's instructing Christians to submit to these governing authorities uh, because he's saying you know we got to remember everything's instituted by God. So you know if we look at chapter thirteen and we won't we won't do a study of that real quick, but verses one through seven is you submit to these authorities because God put them there, and then verses eight through ten. Uh, you know, love fulfills the law and you got to love yourself and others. And we're not talking about forgiving yourself. I think that's theologically corrupt. It's accepting God's forgiveness. And in many cases, I want to say this to you, in many cases, in most cases that I know of in physical abuse, the uh, victim, the abused didn't do anything wrong at all. And, and so we got to remember that we, we're victims. We've been hurt. We want to come up alongside of you. A good church wants to come up alongside of you. A good friends and family want to come up alongside of you. We want to make sure that, number one, that we do do the police thing, that we go ahead and we, we push that stuff forward, and uh, uh, we, we go out and we seek help immediately with the police. We seek help uh, physically. And, uh, and then theologically, we make sure we're in the right church, the right place, we're building back. And I would encourage you folks that don't let this person who hurt you physically, don't let them run your life. Don't be that person that lays down on the couch and never leaves the house. Uh, this life we're living, we're supposed to live it. We're not supposed to shut down. So uh, Kevin and I can't understand what many of you have been through, most of you, all of you. Even though I have been through some weird stuff in my life, it's not the same as what you've been through, but I do know that there's one that understands what you've went through and his name is Christ and what a difference he can make in your life. So you got to reach out for the support. You got to do those things. You got to be with God's people, be with the police, get away from it. Make sure that you will never again be in a position where this person can physically hurt you again. And we also want to make sure that another reason for doing it is we want to make sure that someone else doesn't get physically hurt. So I just want to recoup here as we uh, go and give our broadcast a minute to identify themselves. We just want you to remember that the police are number one, taking care of your health is number two, all that comes together. Hey folks, we'll be right back with you. Hang with us.
0: Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
1: So yesterday we started mentioning how, you know, there's some people in the ministry who hear rumors, do things. Sadly, there's people in the ministry uh, that you may report sexual abuse or physical abuse. And if that person doesn't involve a car ride uh, to get help at the hospital, a car ride to go to the police department, a study with somebody of your gender to help you come through the other side, you just got to move along. You just got to, you just, because the goal is to have the Lord heal you. And and this is part of your identity. But I want to say this to you, and I'm going to pass it over to Kevin. I know that physical abuse will be part of your identity, but I have to tell you, some of the greatest people I've ever met on God's green earth has taken this and made it not only part of their identity, but part of their identity in Christ and out there helping other people and uh, raising and nurturing wonderful families and, and have a great life. So I want you to know that God can take you out. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thy equities? Who healeth? all thy diseases. He healed the broken in heart and binding up the wounds, but he's been wounded for our transgressions. He's been bruised for our inequities. So he knows what we've been through. He knows what we're going through and we have a responsibility to heal, especially if we got kids. And, and Kevin, I think it's so important that we say, again, we don't understand the terribleness of what these folks have went through, but we do know one that does. Right?
2: Yeah. Praise God. I was just thinking, Doug, that um, our Savior is scarred for all eternity because of what he went through. And he went through what he went through at the hands of narcissists. You know, he did it for us, but the instrumentality was a bunch of priests who were power hungry, and then the Roman government that was very oppressive and abusive. but um, he, you know, ultimately, he's he's he was wounded he's scarred forever according to the scriptures in heaven uh they looked uh, John saw on the lamb on the on the throne a lamb as it had been slain and um and we see that um he bears the marks but you know what praise god he didn't he didn't he's not bleeding for all eternity and i think there's a distinction if you're out there listening and you've been through stuff yeah it's 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 part of it's, it's, it's part of you now you're it's never going to be the same as it used to be but with that scarring comes healing to the point that you don't need to keep bleeding all oh. over your life all over your loved ones all over you know your your job and your ministry uh you need to you need to walk away from it and i was thinking about or walk walk on and i was thinking about doug um king saul you know the to me he's just a classic narcissist uh he was humble and that authority turned him into an abusive narcissist and it 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 stemmed out of his own guilt uh that was uh, of unrepented sins uh you know where where he didn't obey god and samuel came along and said okay he said twice your kingdom's done you know your family's not gonna be on the throne anymore and um you're cutting yourself short here. And he just, his response was not humility. His response was to double down on stupid, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, you know, I got thinking, Doug, what is the process that you were talking about this? And I want to add to it. What you said was so good. The process is if you're in a narcissistic relationship with someone, you know, and and you're you've been love bombed or you've been gaslighted. In other words, you you've been led to think that that you that it's all your fault. And and, and I mean, who can? What's the Bible say? Who can tell his faults or who can? You know, we're all sinners, and so if a if a narcissist makes you feel like you're the problem because you're a sinner, we're all sinners, and the best we can do is take our sin to God. But a narcissist as a leader will not do that. They will not own their sin, but they want you to own yours as it relates to them. So what do you do in that situation? Well, I think, number one, if you're in the middle of it, you're like David. So David had some javelins in the beginning of his narcissistic relationship hurled at him, and he escaped. He got away from the javelins, which is that Romans 13 thing where you go to, you know, you just get away. You go to the police and that kind of thing. Um, But you know what? I think a lot of people have been in narcissistic relationships and they're listening to this maybe because they are thinking, I am, you know, I'm just, uh, it's just going on and on and on and it's hard to discern the best way to do it. And I like to say, you know, make sure if you're in the heat of the moment, make an appeal. So if you're not sure the guy's a narcissist, if you're not sure this is like institutionalized crime. To, to, against you then um, say hey like David he said uh, and Jonathan his son who's also a victim of the javelin tossing I think it was Jonathan that said why what evil has he done and I think David said why are you chasing me I'm just like a flea I'm uh, you know you're like chasing a dead dog I, I'm not your enemy why are you making me your enemy well the fact is the narcissist saw him as being too strong and had to <clears throat> excuse me, had to uh, get rid of that threat, what they viewed as a threat. And, you know, a narcissist, when they see an individual who's not swayed, they're they're powerful and self-reliant individuals, um, then, you know, they have to, first of all, make that appeal. And then second of all, if you're just suffering, you're saying, I'm, I've tried to make and appeal, it's been disregarded, it's still my fault. Then, what did David do? Then he left, he went out to the hills. There's nowhere really he could go. I mean, there was no higher authority. Paul, Saul, the king, was the top dog and the greatest, uh, probably superpower of the world at the time, upcoming superpower. And so, <clears throat> he went out. He left and he, you know, there's nothing about being with a narcissist and staying there. That's spiritual because they're just going to, like Doug said, ruin your life, yeah. ruin your view of yourself and God.
1: Yeah. So the complete opposite of what you're thinking in your mind. Is what I'm getting from what Kevin's saying and what I want to give you yeah. now, the complete opposite of what comes to our mind when we get physically hurt, when we've been abused. What comes to our mind is to shut down, uh, lock ourselves in our dark room, blame ourselves and things like that. But God's word and, and you know, with Christ's identity in our hearts, we've changed that. We know that we have to report to the authorities. We have to seek that professional help. We have to make sure that things that have been done to us, that we physically get them taken care of. Uh, You know, if somebody's physically abused, going to a doctor right away before showering or going through those things is a really big help for evidence and things like that. But even if you've missed that particular uh, thing by a year or five years, you still need to report that something's been hurting you, somebody hurts you, somebody, uh, and you've been through some things cause that person may be hurting someone else. And you got to reach out for support. You got to reach out support with your pastor. You got to reach out for medical support. If you need that, you've, you, we've got to establish these boundaries, and and folks, this is what I know. So if you show me a family where um, there's multiple daughters in a family, and one of those daughters gets sexually abused, raped, molested, anything like that, I can tell you that there's like an eighty-five percent church chance there's another daughter in that house that same thing has happened to. I've seen it over and over again. So whenever someone calls me up and they say, Brother Doug, I've I've had this abuse in my family. What do I do? And the same thing I'll tell you. Number one, we have a mandated reporter mentality uh, given to us from God in Romans 13. The first thing we do is call the police. We take care of that. We take care of medical problems. We've got to set boundaries We've got to say, how can I never be in this position again? We've got to sit down with the other people in the house and say, has anyone else been hurt? Has anyone else been through these things? We need to give ourselves time. We need to engage in theological Christian counseling and receive care. We, we've, we've got to take, we've got to understand and accept God's forgiveness and his compassion. Because the easiest thing to do is say, well, why would God let this happen to me? And we can do a whole study on that, and we may. Maybe the last broadcast of this week will say why good things happen to bad or why bad things happen to good people. But just hang with us on that. Folks, we love you. God loves you. He wants to take care of you. Just go to the police. Do the things you got to do. Seek help. God will help you. Let us know if we can help you. May God bless you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to our broadcast. more information or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at woundedspirits.com. May God bless you.